And of course, right as it starts, you know, <laughs> my daughter comes in. So I got to tell her I'm on a call. Because Dead is at work. So uh, welcome to the Monster Maverick Show. I'm Neil McSpadden, your host, your guide to the stars. And uh, this is a show all about Splinterlands, gaming in general, blockchain gaming. You know, sometimes we talk a little D-City. We did that last week uh, with uh, Gerber's update. Uh, we got a bunch of people in the house. I'm going to drop a link... Uh, real quick is the Splinterlands Discord, letting people know um, that uh, we are live. And yeah, so it's been an exciting week. Uh, we got a bunch of people here. Uh, it's amazing what happens when I do a little promo. <laughs> we got a Dow's Fox, uh, is it Fox Kit? Fox Coit? I, I don't know. Uh, Fox On? We got two Foxes. Gerber, uh, who's an integral part of something we're going to be talking about a little bit later. We got Qua. Lax, Paco, Rondon, Revised Sociology, Roland Thomas, and El Gecko. And uh, <laughs> so, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff going on this week. You thought I got a new fan? What kind of new fan? Like an oscillating fan or what? Uh, before we get into too much stuff, you guys should check out this video. <laughs> there's, no, there's no audio to it. Uh, just Fox. Fox on, Fox off. Uh, so apparently the alt season has begun because the, the, the moving average convergence divergence, otherwise known as the Mac, MACD, turned positive on the weekly chart. So, uh, you know, that is exciting stuff. And, um, that actually matters. Uh, welcome people who are coming in. Uh, we got Clove, got Cornerner. So Clove is my guild leader. And, uh... You know, she makes sure that uh, we uh, <laughs> we all keep on track with our quests and, and guild dues and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a new computer fan. I have a, a little desktop fan that I plug into my USB port when I need one. Um, yeah, alt season. Alt season. Alt season is important. So alt season is when the, uh, the value or the price of altcoins, like... Uh, you know, like Hive, let's say, or like Ethereum or uh, XRP or w whatever else um, is, you know, going up. So, uh, you know, what happened in the last time was that, you know, Bitcoin was doing its its thing. It was, you know, pumping up in, in price. And about three to four weeks after that, the altcoins followed that same trajectory. And that's actually relevant here because, you know, even though Splinterlands cards and assets are priced in U.S. dollars, they trade in crypto, at least for the most part. So, um, you know, if you're sitting on 10 Hive and that buys you a lot more cards now, you might be interested in spending that because you have however many Hive already. So, you know, the relative value in your mind is lower, so you feel richer. So... Um, when, alt, when the alt season's really here, whenever things are really pumping, you're going to be able to uh, make a ton of money on the out-of-print Splinterlands cards. Uh, so the alphas, the betas, the promos. Uh, the in-print ones, like the Untamed, not sure, because you can always buy those for $2. But um, it's going to uh, you know, bring a lot more crypto, crypto millionaires into uh, the ecosystem. So that'll grow users and also the relative wealth will mean they're spending more and all that good stuff. So it's, it's, that's a hopeful sign. And uh, we got a few more people joining in here. Welcome, welcome. 
Um, so for the guy, for you guys who are just listening on Discord, uh, you know we do have a web stream. Uh, I am one of a few uh, Palnet hosts who uh, actually you know show stuff on the interwebs. So uh, it might be helpful to, to follow along. I do pretty much copy and paste you know stills into the uh, chat, but you know if you want to actually see everything real time, you can watch it there. Uh, you can watch it on Vim. Um, I think the three speak thing still isn't working. I'm not sure. Uh, Ron can can tell you all about that and uh, let you know if that is uh, uh, working or not at the moment. And we got a wild Agrod. <laughs> Agrod is one of our illustrious founders, and he chimes in from time to time. So uh, so yeah, that's that's all the introductory stuff, basically. Uh, a lot of stuff happened this week, so um, I'm kind of open as to where you guys want to go first but um so we got we got ama stuff to talk about we got a uh, new summoner we got um peak monsters developments we got ubisoft uh oh it is working nice and um and then we have the herons announcement so uh before we get i mean you guys can vote on whichever stuff you want to talk about first but uh first things first i do want to give a quick uh, status update because well let's uh let's transition the screen so now if you're watching on the web stream whichever one it is you can see my my browser here and you can see that we're pretty close to the next uh to the next um um legendary summoner drop so uh there's there's two really cool things so one is that um it is uh a pretty nice summoner <laughs> That's that's my web stream. That's me. Uh, so Chanceus is the new uh, summoner that's going to be dropped. Oh, is somebody sharing video in <laughs> in the chat? That's hilarious. Okay, so uh, we have four thousand uh, seven hundred and twenty-six uh, packs to go before. Or sorry, three thousand. Um, to go but before we uh before we hit the 100k uh threshold for the next airdrop and chanceus is the next uh is the next summoner so he is a um you know on the life team he has repair he has triage and he has resurrect so that's going to be a powerhouse. Uh, obviously, this is the third legendary summoner. It's the third one that's also been seven mana. So um, I'm guessing that's a theme that's going to be continued. And uh, I mean, having repair is phenomenal. Uh, you know, because so repair is kind of like a free uh, heal almost. Uh, and then having the resurrect and the triage. Uh, healing your backline uh, is going to be, uh, I mean, it's very in theme with the life team, which I like. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a monster. Like the other two legendary summoners from Unteamed have been. A uh, couple, couple notes. Um, you should probably read this if you haven't already. So uh, just a little bit on the mechanics of how uh, his abilities are going to work. But... The cool new thing, this is different than it has been in the past, is that if you, you know, so every ticket, or every untamed pack you've bought is a ticket 
to getting a Chanceus. And, you know, it follows re re the normal legendary drop probabilities. However, uh, they added this little caveat here. Additionally, in response to some player feedback, any account that has purchased at least 400 packs eligible for the airdrop will be guaranteed to receive at least one Chanceus the Great card. So, <laughs> uh, can, can I turn off his video? Uh, ah, there we go. How about that? Does that work? I don't want y'all distracted by peen. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I, I turned it off, Fox. So, uh, so the 400, the 400 packs guaranteeing you one is, is pretty cool. Um, it does not seem to say that uh, uh, 400, is multiples of 400 will get, get you one. So if you really wanted to arbit, you know, you would buy 400 on one account, 400 on another account, 400 on a third account. Um, but, uh, you know, there's not that many of those left, so time is fairly running out. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I expect I expect the, the 100k to run out by the end of the week, basically. So, uh, you know, come one, come all. Another thing that is running out, not as quickly, is orbs. So, orbs are 13,000 left, you know, they're coming out in rewards, and uh, we can actually see in, in Rafalski's stuff that, uh, you know, we're running around uh, 262 a day, so 13,000, eh, that's, that's a little while, but, um, you know, it's not forever, so before you know it, they're going to be gone, and, uh, you know, when they're gone... Uh, people are going to be wanting those cards. So, yeah, Jask has the link there. Uh, Ron has the link. You can watch on on Three Speak. You can watch on Vim. That's why I always stick taped on my camera. That's a good practice. You know, uh, people talk about you know having covers over their their cameras, but the real privacy concerns your microphone, not so, not so much the camera. But uh, just keep that in mind. Alright, so what am I looking at? No, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let's look at the market promos. Why are orbs 2300? Uh, that's probably a guild discount. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. What? That's, that's what you get for being in a top level guild. <laughs> you get discounts on potions and orbs. Um... So let's do the regulars. Let's see if I can zoom out here a little bit. Get everything. How do I get into a guild? Get good. That's how you get into a guild. <laughs> anyway, uh, these are not all orbs, but all the orbs are in here. So like the um, the uh, halfling alchemist is not an orb. Uh, so the. Uh, the guild discount depends on what level your guild is. The higher your level guild, the higher your discount. And you can you can look at all that stuff on the uh, on the guild page, I think. Uh, guild hall, quest lodge. Well, I don't know. We got a max level one somewhere in there. You can find uh, the the different levels. Uh, you can search for it. Uh, let's see. Guilds, all types, all languages. I don't know. 
All I know is Immortal Gods, number one. That's all that matters. Because <laughs> that's the one I'm in. And Clove, Clove71 is our leader. Or one of our leaders, at any rate. So, uh, yeah, when you're good, you can join uh, high-level guilds and get, uh, you know, high-level discounts. So, uh, you know, part of the part of the AMA uh, thing they actually mentioned was possibly some more guild-type stuff. Uh, certainly not in the super near future, but, uh, you know, coming at some point. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's Chanceus. That's, you know, next summoner is probably going to drop. Let's see, today's Tuesday, so probably, if I had to guess, Friday, maybe, uh, with an actual drop on either Saturday or Monday. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not an automatic process. Yeah, actually has to press a button. So uh, he has to wake up and do that, and some people, I'm sure, flood his DMs about, you know, <laughs> when's the drop coming, when's the drop coming? But it'll come. Just be patient. Um, and then, so we've had, uh, we've had death, we've had fire, we've had life. So that leaves two, earth and water. Uh, so water is my legendary summoner, uh, which I'm uh, looking forward to. I don't know the details of it. I just know what I submitted to the to the team, uh, which was uh, basically a uh, you know a, a Malaric on or sorry an Alaric on uh, on steroids. And I'm guessing water is going to be next, just based on <laughs> yes, everyone should DM Yaba. That's that's exactly what I said. Sarcasm. Um, so I'm guessing water's going to be next, and then earth, and then dragon. Um, you know, dragon might be kept till last. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Because, you know, we have uh, 900,000 packs to go, so that's... I'm not sure if there's going to be an airdrop on the very last, like when it hits zero or not. Uh, so there's either eight or nine left, um, airdrops left. So, um, you know, there's, there's a bunch more airdrops that are going to happen that are not the Legendary Summoners. So we'll have to see how they do that. But since they started with Legendary Summoners, I'm guessing they're at least going to go through the Elemental ones and then maybe keep the Dragon one for, for later on. I don't know. It'll certainly uh, gin up some demand uh, when we know that the Dragon's going to be next. Because uh, that's going to be, obviously, one of the more powerful ones. Uh, but, you know, the great thing about the airdrop system is that, you know, the, t the packs you buy now count for all future airdrops. So you don't have to buy every 100,000. You can buy now, and you're in the drawings for, you know, each uh, subsequent one. So uh, my Kickstarter ones, I got 2,500 packs, I guess. Uh, and I, that's basically what I've been getting my airdrops off because I bought relatively little since then. So that's cool stuff. Uh, Dragon's probably where you're priced out now. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you have enough uh, packs purchased, then, um, then you know, you'll get some. So uh, I'm guessing that they're going to keep that 400 minimum, uh, like, as a guarantee. Uh, so you'll at least get one if you have 400 packs, which is pretty cool, i got to say. Uh, on, on the topic of other things being in print, we got, you know, uh, I like to keep an eye on Kiyokiz's uh, rewards uh, print list, I guess. Uh, so things that are running out of print, Furious Chicken, Battle Queen, Naga Windmaster, uh, and yeah, those are the ones that are, um, getting there. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the, uh, the airbender, uh, will harmonize all those things, but fire is right out, you know. Um, 
So Beetle Queen, uh, I, I thought was going to do better, like as a as a market value card than it has done, um, but you know it's done okay. Let's see if I can zoom back in here. Let's go to the Beetle Queen. And so you know five and a half cents uh, for regular, two and a half bucks for gold. You know, uh, you know. It's nice to have a, a tank heal on the fire, but, um, you know, it's not essential because it's focused so much on the attack. But, um, you know, the Naga Windmaster is used a lot, and Furious Chicken is used constantly. So, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, already it's it's up to seven cents, seven and a half cents, and uh, I think that's just going to go up. So, you know, you get a zero the zero mana card of the Furious Chicken, even if it's just a regular, it's a good buffer. Uh, sometimes it's useful in like um, in melee only kind of matches if you have like a level two or three uh, But then the gold chickens are where it's at because you get the dark energy crystal bonus of 10% Using a gold card for zero mana and assuming you have the space, you know, it's it's a no-brainer except for you know when you're in taking when you're in a, uh, a No neutrals quest and then you keep putting in a chicken which uh, counts which is a neutral so <laughs> Uh, I've made that mistake many times. I go, Dah, I didn't really need it, but I'm so used to putting in chickens. Uh, so that is definitely one to watch uh, for for some market appreciation. And uh, you know, typically when you know if we have three run out, they'll release another three, and um, we'll see uh, we'll see what they come up with. Uh, nothing uh, nothing's been published yet. Uh, rounding out our kind of market or check-in kind of stuff, uh, players is. You know, kick an ass. On the AMA, Yabba said something interesting. He said that, uh, you know, as far as individual IP addresses playing the game, it's about 50 to 60% of, <laughs> of, uh, of the accounts are um, unique. So that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the, peop the unique individuals is that number, but it's going to be in the ballpark. And that puts... Uh, actual players, like individual human beings, somewhere in the 3,000 range, uh, which is actually pretty close to my expectations and, and a number I've used in the past. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's okay. We uh, still number one, number one debt by a huge margin uh, with with 3,000, and I'm sure you know those other DAP numbers are uh, inflated in the same way that um, that uh, Splinterlands is inflated just from, you know, alternate accounts of the same human being uh, transacting on whatever network it is. And that's, uh, that's cool. Um, you know, also on the, on the AMA that, uh, Abba, that Yabba and Agrod had, uh, they were talking about um, the numbers they got from Ubisoft, uh, saying that the kind of industry standard cost of acquisition of a player is $6, and they're getting... Uh, their Facebook campaign converting at a dollar fifty, which is fantastic. So uh, that's that's really encouraging. Um, obviously, those are those are converts to the free uh, accounts, but that um, you know, as as they refine and and improve the onboarding experience, you know, the stickiness of those of those conversions will increase. <laughs> yeah, bro, <laughs> that's a great term actually. Uh, the stickiness of those conversions will increase, and then, you know, some percentage of those will convert into paying players. So, um, at, at a buck fifty, though, I mean, that's that's a home run, uh, honestly. 
and then it's just a matter of scale. So, um, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, I guess since I'm talking about AMA stuff, I'll, I'll add my other notes that, uh, that I took uh, while they were talking. Uh, the main thing was the, the, the development map uh, was basically um, the, the deck floors for the different leagues, which is their implementation of saying you need to ha- hold a certain portfolio value of cards in your account in order to progress to, uh, you know, you know, a certain league, and obviously those floors will vary with league, and um, that will do a lot to, um, well, a it's gonna it's gonna limit rewards for um, you know accounts that are just playing with the very low level cards, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, we don't want to inflate rewards to the point where they are they are losing all value. Um, after that, uh, we're gonna the next on the on the roadmap is you know multi round anytime uh, tournaments, which is great uh, because you know the single round has its issues where you know there's ties and problems with that and uh, problems with accounts not playing and then how that skews the results. By having the multiple rounds, that will solve uh, a lot of that. Uh, hey Steve, uh, I'm, I am recording, so don't worry too much about it. Uh, I guess you won't hear this until you actually hear, play the recording. <laughs> Uh, no, our renting does not uh, does not prevent you from getting uh, into the ranks, as far as my understanding goes. So and I'm sure they would not not do that to players. What what that means is that you know the cards that you rent would count towards your your portfolio value uh, for playing purposes, and uh, that will that will dictate what what leagues you're able to get into. Um, and then after the anytime tournaments are uh, have the multiple rounds, uh, next on the on the map is Guild Wars. Which is uh, which will be fun. Uh, I'm sure that's that's basically going to be an anytime tournament, but between two guilds rather than with everybody, uh, with some kind of point scoring system towards the to, towards the winner, uh, to, towards the winner's guild, I should say. Um, so yeah, that's that that'll take I'm sure a couple months, and um, yeah, that'll that'll transform a good chunk of the game actually. Uh, and then, you know, Ron, if you, get, if you get better at Splinterlands, then you'll be in a guild, and then you can play in the Guild Wars. So, there's that. Um, but, you know, stuff Agro has said in the past is that Guild Wars uh, is basically uh, a, an alternative skin on the boss battles and, and P versus E, or player versus environment stuff. So, I imagine that will be coming after that uh, is developed. So, uh, you know, Stepping right along the the development path, which is great, uh, and then <laughs> and then uh, you know there's going to be the land expansion. So you did beat me that one time. I will admit, Rondon beat me in a silver level match uh, on a challenge that uh, you know I am I am nothing if not a gracious uh, loser. Uh, so yeah, the one time. It's like. Uh, Joe Piscopo and uh, Johnny Dangerously. My mother hit me once. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so they did spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the land expansion. And the they expect the pre-sale to be this year. Uh, and actual the actual expansion uh, probably next year. So uh, I think they said they're shooting for September, something like that. <laughs> Uh, but there was some cool, uh, there was some cool stuff. So uh, basically, 
you know, you're gonna you buy a plot of land, you have buildings on it, you improve it, and that creates items and spells, and then you can use those items and spells, uh, you know, in your battles for various effects. So it's gonna add a second layer of the um, of the play. Uh, so that's going to be uh, pretty fun and add complexity and add richness to the game. So that's all cool. And they're saying, you know, each plot of land is going to be, they're targeting like the $5, you know, zone of cost. Um, then, of course, you're going to need buildings, you're going to need uh, monsters or summoners to work those buildings. And, um, you know, that cost will obviously vary. They did release a little bit of artwork, uh, which looked pretty nice, honestly. So there's one. And this is the other. Got like a forest kind of thing and a lake sort of thing uh which i assume will be there will be some sort of interface where you can see that and then see your building on it um what we what i don't know is if the uh if the land sales will be limited or unlimited in terms of you know will additional lands be created or is there going to be like a single mining of land and then that's it i don't know uh because Obviously, one is good for um, one is good for uh, you know price appreciation of plots of land, and the other is good for new players having having um, more access to buy their own lands. So I don't know which way it's going to go. If they're going to try to balance the two, uh, but uh, it should be interesting. So. Five dollars is actually a lot less than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was thinking like a hundred, but uh, you know, five five is nice and accessible, and uh, we'll see what the specs are in terms of you know how much each individual player you know is is worth you know buying into lands. And then on top of that, the other note I got from the AMA was they're going to be working on an inventory management system with skins and titles and custom avatars and things. Uh, so that'll be cool. Like, I have the Untamed title because I was part of the Kickstarter and I reached a certain level in the Kickstarter. Um, so, you know, whether those whether there will be other titles in the future, I think there will be. And, you know, they said in the Kickstarter that, that the plan was for them to be tradable, which is cool. And if they have different effects in the future, that would be, that would be neat. But for right now, they're just bragging points. And I like being one of the few that have, you know, Numix Madden, the Untamed. As, as a title. <laughs> will the lands be splintered? I don't know. I assume so, that they will have, um, you know, kind of... So if you look in the book, there's there's the map, and the uh, there's the different continents for the different uh, splinters, and uh, I imagine they will, mim they will mirror that in the lands uh, expansion. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that was AMA stuff. Um, let's see, what else we got? Uh, we got the Ubisoft announcement, how they are part of the Entrepreneur's Lab. Is Carrie here? Oops. Just knocking stuff over here. And, um, yeah, those those graphics do seem pretty earthy, and I, I think that is the way it's kind of, you know, probably earth-related. Um... But there was an article on Ubisoft and how um, you know the new the new members of the Entrepreneurs Lab, and of course Splinterlands is one of them. Uh, nice little blurb here on the site. We got uh, 
Splinterlands is a next-generation collectible trading card game. By building the game on blockchain technology, the developers create the ability for players to play anytime, trade anytime, and earn every win. Over 20 million games have been played. Over $100,000 has been awarded to players through tournaments. Thousands of accounts battle every single day, and over $1 million US dollars worth of cards have been traded back and forth between players since Splinterlands launched less than two years ago. Um, <laughs> secrets. So... Yeah, I mean, all press is good press, right? So it's it's good to get the name out there. Um, that one million of cards, I think that's kind of low, actually. But uh, honestly, I haven't been keeping track. Let's see what the let's see what the market cap uh, says today. I know, Agra has been uh, been jonesing for that five million number to stick. You know, we've hit it in uh, in intradays, but. Uh, <laughs> You know we are we are right there at basically all-time highs which is which is good news um you know when i check my portfolio value in peak monsters uh oh, i'm in the wrong account uh you know i like to keep that just as a broad uh a broad measurement uh simply because you know i've got a really wide variety of cards so it's a, so it's a decent proxy what uh-oh I think something screw with the nodes. I know Hive.blog is having some problems right now. I had to switch to... Uh, there we go. I had to switch to Annex. So right now, uh, you know, the, the market cap... <laughs> uh, I would love one of those little simulator setups. Um, right now, the... You know, so the market cap command on... Uh, the market cap command on the voting bot, um, you know, has their own measurement based on list prices. And so, like, you know, in the peak monsters, you have the list price, you also have the market price. Uh, so, you know, the, the 95 or 94, 687, that uh, would go along with the market cap of 49954161. But, you know, market price is actually, you know, taking into account what things have actually sold at recently. And that's the 76 number. So this got down to like 62 at the low, uh, in that low, you know, like a, a, a month or so ago. Um, so, oh man, VC, we'll, I'll talk about that for a second, I guess. Um, so there is uh, rumors floating around, and I don't know the veracity of any of this, so keep that in mind. Um, there are rumors floating around that J69 is trying is trying to or going to or doing something with a lawsuit against Splinterland saying that I don't know what uh, he lost his keys or like he changed his keys and I I don't know what his real claim is um, but uh, I don't see how he would have a leg to stand on uh, well we'll run talk to Clove she's she's the one in charge um, <laughs> so you know, I think worst case scenario as far as any kind of potential lawsuit goes, it'll cost, uh, you know, the Splinterlands team some legal fees and some time. So it'll be annoying, but I don't think it'll have any impact on the game at all. The nice thing, though, is that since June 1st, uh, for whatever reason, whether it's whether it's uh, intentional or not, uh, the TH12 bots have not been playing. Um, <laughs> it was rejected, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're full up. Uh, you know, I know there are there are like junior leagues or junior guilds 
of, of Immortal Gods. So we've got like Immortal Gods 2 and 3. Uh, so you might try one of those. Uh, but again, I'm just a guild member. I don't make any decisions at all uh, regarding that. And, uh, you know, I'm not one for for management. Um, just because I have a <laughs> very low tolerance for nonsense. Uh, Bleedcoin hears no, vo no voices. That's unfortunate. We should all hear voices in our heads. Um, <laughs> Jazzik says, I think chances that J6969 will sue Splinterlands are 0101001%. That's a joke because one of the accounts is named 0101001. So um, that's, that's, a, that's what we call inside baseball right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm not concerned about any potential chicanery uh, from J69. It's just it'll be annoying, an annoyance for the team. But, you know, that, that's about it. Uh, speaking of my low tolerance for management. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my, I guess my big announcement uh, is that, you know, so I, I started Deck 101, which is a replacement for Otter Maker, uh, in that you can send cards to it. In, instead of burning, you get a 1% bonus if you do that compared to, um, you know, just burning them for Dark Energy Crystals. We've had, we just had a promotion uh, going for the past week where you got, a f instead of 1% bonus, you got a 4% bonus. That's now over. Um, so now we're just back down to 1%. I am thinking about doing a, a promotion where somebody will win a gold foil card of some sort. Um, but I uh, haven't made any decisions about that. So the other part of Otter Maker was the Heron's uh, Unlimited system. And that was where um, there was an account and a... Uh, an account that owned um, that owned cards could delegate to the account and somebody else could come in and play that account and then they would split the rewards. So uh, what ended up happening was that um, was that uh, the uh, TC Polymath, poor guy um, is that applied for GFL Deck 101? Yeah, you can send any any card of any kind to deck 101 and you get a 1% uh, you know, bonus compared to burning. So we take gold foils, no problem. And um, so TC Polymath was the one who was running uh, uh, Ottermaker and he ended up selling the Herons Unlimited portion uh, just because, well, people were just driving him nuts. So uh, and then the guy who bought it ended up not being able to make it work and it just folded entirely. So, uh, that brings us to uh, today, I guess, where, uh, so, you know, my, my coding partner on the Deck 101 stuff is Gerber. He's, you know, here in, in the audience. He's, uh, you know, master self-taught coder at this point, doing all kinds of uh, amazing stuff. You know, he's made D-City along with Mies and, uh, and Mike. Uh, is Mike C or Mike K? Um, and uh, he's, you know, helping me out with, uh, with the with the deck 101 stuff. So what I decided was that I'm going to recreate the, what was the Herons Unlimited system with some important changes. So uh, <laughs> instead of, uh, what's baby? So it's, it's <laughs> oh, baby Gerber, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the coding power behind, he's the coding genius behind deck 101. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I can, I can, like, if you give me, like, 
a week, I can come up with like a hello world kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's definitely not my, my strong suit. Uh, so anyway, so there's going to be a rental system in place. Uh, name is to be determined. I'm thinking maybe deck 201. Um, I don't know. But so you'll be able to delegate cards if you have surplus cards to an account. Uh, a player will be able to come in and play an account. And here's the difference. So there's going to be no flexibility at all and no back and forth at all between all the different parties. So, um, you know, I'm basically, I'm basically not going to let you break me like people were annoying to TC Polymath. And so everything's going to be 50-50. Uh, no cards are going to be... Uh, all cards are going to be sent to deck 101 for their deck value, and then the Dark Energy Crystals are split 50-50, player and owner. The end. No flexibility at all. Uh, there's no... Um, um, I mean, the, the player, if they want to, will be able to look up who's delegating the cards. Uh, but if a player, if it gets back to me that a player is annoying and an owner, that player is gone. So, uh, deck 404. <laughs> 404 is also the, uh, the area code for Atlanta, which is where I am. So that, that might work. Um, so, you know, so essentially there's going to be no interpersonal nonsense uh between <laughs> between uh the different parties so it just is what it is if you don't like it don't use it you i mean there's plenty of people who are uh, who are uh you know sp splitting their rental accounts manually and going through all that and that's fine i you know it's uh it's just for people who you know want to have their their surplus cards uh you know assuming it's a playable amount um you know effectively staked and earning them passively and you know everybody else can go pound sand essentially <laughs> but in a nice way so uh you know maybe we'll do deck 404 i don't know uh maybe i'll, I'll start a little contest for uh for naming uh for naming the new service um but yeah that's that's the big thing and you know i've i've mentioned it in the discord just like briefly uh once or twice and i've gotten a bunch of people responding to me about that so i know that there is demand there uh at one point so you know the original history of parents was that um i wanted to create this service and i i messaged tc polymath and said hey could you build a bot that would do this splitting kind of thing and he said sure and he came up with herons unlimited and turned it into uh you know a service for everybody so uh you know i've been i've been deeply involved with with the whole thing um since the beginning uh, startup date is going to depend on, um, <laughs> startup date is going to depend on, uh, when the code is ready. So I don't have a number or a date in exactly, but I'd say within a couple weeks. Um, so my, my original goal with Herons Unlimited was that, you know, there was no free play option. So the, the purpose was for, uh, new players to come in and be able to play a higher level account without having to drop, you know, 500 or a thousand dollars or whatever. So um, that ended up not being, not happening. And now there is a free-to-play option. So basically, um, it's, it's open to, you know, whoever wants to play it. But I am going to demand that uh, any players are, are actually humans playing. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to let somebody just run a bot network on, on my stuff. Just because, you know, I could run a low-level bot myself. It's not a, it's not a challenge. Um, so there's going to be some sort of proof-of-life kind, of, um, uh, kind of component to it. 
so obviously that, that only applies to players, does not apply to owners. You know, the owners are just, you know, delegating cards and that's it, and then earning a, a deck stream. And then I'll be able to, because I'll be delegating my own uh, cards to this to the system, uh, I will be able to uh, get back onto my uh, my rewards, uh, um, my the reports I was doing previously about how you know, how much deck each, well, how much dark energy crystals each deck was earning, and then you know how that averaged out. So that'll be a fun little thing to add. And Jessic, uh, yeah, so Deck 101 paid 104%. Uh, will the new account be Deck 104 and pay 101%? Sort of. Uh, but the 104 uh, thing was a promotion, which is now over. So if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. You missed your shot. Um, you know, I made plenty of posts about it. But that promotion is now over. And let's see. What else? Uh, so, but that's my big announcement, uh, I guess, that there will be a replacement. Um, Maybe it's going to be 404. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Dal's had a fun post. Uh, Dal's is in the audience here. Uh, he, he said this to me like during my, my uh, show uh, last week, and I didn't, I didn't see it and didn't have a chance to post it. But basically, he's talking about um, the transactions on uh, the Splinterlands effect on Hive of, of transactions. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, we all know that Splinterlands... Well, I mean, yes, it does produce a fair number of transactions anyways. So, like, a single person playing a single quest during a day, you know, that could be, you know, a hundred transactions, JSON posts. Uh, could be more, could be less, depending on, you know, how, how well that quest is going for you. Um, but it's just, it's just a crazy, uh, you know, quantum difference between... Um, <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with bleep coin. <laughs> the vibrations are not translating to sound. Uh, yeah, you gotta gotta check your ears, Ben, or stay off the drugs or whatever. Uh, so basically, Splinterlands is, is having a huge effect on the network usage of Hive, which you know doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, but they're uh, just horrible. <laughs> Ninety-five thousand games played, according to Agro, for the for the ending of the season, which ended yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's more and more, um, more and more players, uh, joining all the time and they're playing more and more games and they're doing more and more stuff, more, uh, more votes, uh, more trades, more, you know, listings, more everything. So, um, that is just, it's huge. And, um, you know, Splinterlands is, I'm not going to say the only thing that gives high value, but it's it's a good chunk of what gives high value, and uh, the same was true for Steam previously. So now uh, that's that it's left Steam. Uh, there's a bunch of people who have published uh, transactions charts, and I thought Dallas had one in here, but maybe not. Uh, basically, you had the Steam transactions and the Hive transactions, and then they just flipped as soon as uh, Splinterlands migrated. So it was all uh, it was all just Splinterlands basically. And now there's very little activity on Steam, uh, and um, you know there's the the people who are posting and and uh, and you know trying to milk uh, votes and, and rewards and stuff. But um, you know there's not a whole lot of genuine interaction. So it's it's I think uh, on its downward spiral at this point. That which doesn't mean that the price of the coin can't go crazy uh, because it can. One has nothing to do with the other. 
but um, as far as actually using a, a blogging platform slash social-ish kind of network, I think that's pretty well done. Uh, but, you know, maybe they'll save it. I don't know. I just don't see any indications of that uh, just yet. Um, so this was just an announcement about the, the, the deck floors for the leagues, saying that it's coming, uh, which we already... We already touched on, uh, you know, I fully expect there to be a few kinks in the system and they'll just iterate a little bit about, um, you know, exact specifics so that, you know, it's not gamed too badly. Because, you know, the most obvious thing that I see is that, uh, <laughs> in the season now, Banny rating is good. Uh, the most obvious workaround is, you know, if you, if you have like a level one account with all level one cards and, you know, let's say your X number of Dark Energy Crystals away from the next League Threshold, or whatever League Threshold that you want, you just go out to the market, you buy the very cheapest card you can on a, on a deck-weighted basis, and, and just do that. And I mentioned this in this post, and yeah, I had an interesting response. Uh, let's see, let's see if I can actually find it. Uh, you think I'd have, this pre uh, I'd have this prepped up, but uh, yeah, so my main concern uh, is a player gaming the system by stacking large numbers of cheap cards, say, rusty androids. And Yeba says, I don't think this will be an issue. For one thing, it could provide a use and demand for those cheap cards, but you'll also you'll be matched against opponents with similar collection scores. So if they have a more diverse set of cards, then you'll probably just lose. So ideally, it will be better to take whatever you might have spent on a bunch of rusty androids and get a bunch of more useful cards that will actually help you win in battles. Uh, the overall goal here is to really is to is really to incentivize growing your collection in the intended way versus creating multiple accounts or stacking cheap cards. It may take a few iterations to get there, but we'll keep working towards it. So, the the note that you're going to be matched against people with similar collection scores is interesting because that's a new development. Um, and then that same kind of logic can be applied to tournaments with seeding and who you're matched up against. So, um, it's it this collection score thing is going to be. Uh, useful in a bunch of different ways, which I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, and but like I said, th there will be s anytime there's a system, there's a way to manipulate that system or game the system. So uh, there will I'm sure take a few uh, a few tries, a few iterations uh, to to one see what the see what the gamings are, and then you know to you know to counteract them in a in a sustainable. Uh, and, and logical kind of way. So, uh, still, you know, prices of rusty androids might go up. So, uh, I haven't looked at them lately. Let's see what the, let's see what the very cheapest card on the market is right now. Uh, we got the Barking Spiders. And, and uh, the Wave Runner, Warrior of Peace, and the Flame Monkey <coughs> are, those, are those cheapest cards right now. So, uh, you know, those are those are your targets, basically. Uh, so it might be worth stacking some of those cheap cards uh, in anticipation of that. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, did I post this already? I'm not sure if I did or not. I think... Uh, oh yeah, I talked about the, the, the summoner coming. And we talked about Ubisoft. And we talked about Chanceus. Uh, <laughs> they did a really good job on Chanceus with his, uh, with his mustache and beard to look at, uh, <laughs> to look like Chance. So, uh, good job on the artwork there, guys. Uh, I did a quick check on Dap Radar, still number one, uh, by a good margin. And, uh, 
you know, number two, number three, number four, uh, or sorry, number two and number three are all games. Um, of the top ten, it's interesting. So we got one, two, three, four. Four of the top ten are games, which I think is pretty indicative of <laughs> of what is going to be uh, the case. So, you know, Zaku, I'm surprised you haven't actually bought the last 3,000 packs, because that's what you tend to do. Um, yeah, a Flame Monkey I use uh, a lot with uh, the Fire Team, and Warrior of Peace I see used a lot. Uh, it's got Demoralize and everything. Uh, so, you know, why they're the cheapest, I don't know. Um, let's see, if we go back to, the, to Kyokiz's list, let's see how they're doing on the print levels. Uh, I'll just post this here. So Zaku about 2300 today. Okay, there we go. That's more what I'm used to seeing. Uh, so Warrior of Peace um, still is only 30% into its run. Uh, let's see. Flame Monkeys, 30% into its run as well. And Barking Spider is 30%. What was the other one? Wave Runner. Wave Runner, honestly, I've never used. It's never been worth it. It's, uh... It's, uh... You know, it's the five mana. It's just... It very very rarely does it, uh... Have a good slot for me. Um... What is your site URL? I want to delegate the cards. Uh, nothing is ready yet. <laughs> it's just a... Me talking about it. Uh, kind of thing. So, uh, I will I will let you know when it's ready. Um, so anyway, Wave Runner also thirty percent. So those are all uh, along the newer end of the of the rewards card. So I guess people are not valuing them uh, like they might. Um, you know, as they come closer to being out of print, I expect those prices to go up. And then combined with uh, combined with the the deck floors for the leagues, you know, whatever is cheapest at that time is going to have that that marginal bid on it um, to to uh to you know support the price so you know that's something to keep in mind and uh let's see oh the other thing i wanted to talk about and this is important for you card sellers was that peak monsters did a thing uh, let me see if i can actually find it uh, so they changed their listing um stuff where you can actually pick your uh your listing fee so under normal uh, under normal circumstances, uh, you can't, you know, anything you list on the market, you're going to pay a 5% fee. It doesn't matter which market you're using, uh, whether you're using Peak Monsters or Monster Market or the native Splitterlands website. But um, now you can actually, uh, you can actually s sell your cards through Peak Monsters and set a 4% fee or a 4.5% fee. And, um, this is uh, this is interesting. So that I believe. Uh, well, let me just here. Here's the, here's the actual link. Um, what's Carrie Ellen posting here? A top summoners. Okay, that's interesting. Let's refer the Kickstarter promo cards. Um, so yeah, so new seller fee options. We will now support listing of cards with market fees below 5%. We will accordingly give a UI for sellers to list to 4.5 and 
Backstory, since the beginning of the market protocol, users could always list a card with whatever fee they wanted. That fee is what the seller is willing to give to them give the markets for helping sell their cards. Splitterland's team stated that their market interface would have 5% as their default for what they were willing to list on their site. In addition, no market had any reason to develop an interface for users to list at lower than 5%. So I did not know this, that this was always an option. You just had to have some, uh, some blockchain know-how. At one point, now ancient history, Peak Monsters was the most used market well, well above Splitterland's market interface. Now there are hundreds of users who perhaps don't even know we exist and our share of the market is pretty small, sometimes almost too small to justify ongoing development. Uh, we are solely, sorely missing bids and are motivated to get that back as that provided a feature unique to Peak Monsters. Uh, also, perhaps to develop a rental system that is actually profitable. But in the meantime, we're trying something new and relatively easy for us and something unique to PeakMonsters.com, our reason for card buyers to come to Peak Monsters to buy cards. Also, it should be noted that we get, we get lists of cards for sale on the market from a Splinterlands API and previously didn't even supply cards in that API under 5%, but we asked and they provided, so kudos to the Splinterlands team for enhancing a system they will not be directly profiting from, assuming they stick with 5%, which is our gamble. What this means. In short, PeakMonsters.com will have cards that other interfaces may not show. And that's that's really the kicker to the whole this whole thing, is that if other markets aren't going to support the lower fees, and Peak Monsters is, that means you might get different deals on Peak Monsters than you would on other places, uh, which is, uh, you know, a selling advantage. That's um, a unique feature. And, and we'll see if Splinterlands... Uh, 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 follow suit or monster market follow suit but it is it is an interesting uh, little thing and you know as far as you know from the buyer's perspective uh, yeah you'll see a different uh, cut there on on the on the display but that doesn't matter to the buyer because you know buyers paying whatever the buyers paying you know but uh, a monster market is showing okay that's good to know so um, so you know, it's like like anything. If if there's no competitive advantage, it's just a race to margin compression. So, uh, you know, that is something to keep in mind. And um, you know, given a certain sale level, you know, if you can if you can reduce your your margin compared to a five percent seller, and you, you'll take four point five percent, you can make the same and charge less, so you'll get the sale. So that is, uh, that is an interesting little development uh, that we have going on here uh, from the Peak team and, I guess, the Monster Market team as well now. And Ashby says, so you can buy them for one fee, then relist elsewhere else to make the extra 1%, or do you have it backwards? Yeah, that would be backwards. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you, in order to get the sale and be the lowest cost seller, you want to have the lowest uh, percentage uh, margin that you will take or that you will give to the listing marketplace i guess would be the right way to say it so um so yeah it's for for buyers it's it's not going to change too much other than you might get cards a little bit cheaper uh you know possibly half a percent or one percent cheaper than they otherwise would have been so that is um that is the update there and zaku do you have a a blog about monster market that uh, that lists developments because I've not I've not seen one. Give him a second to respond, and let's see.
uh, Angelica is posting something. I don't know what that has to do with our chat here. Oh, I do want to let you guys know that normally uh, after my show comes Scaredy Cat's uh, Investor Show. Uh, he's off doing some real estate stuff right now, so there is not going to be a show following this one. Uh, so for those of you who normally stick around, just keep that in mind. Scaredy is busy. And, uh, you know, got to sell those houses. Oh, here we go. Card arbitrage could be a thing. Card arbitrage is certainly a thing. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to, to manage anything on on uh, the seller fees. Um, so, yeah. Zach, you don't have anything here about uh, about other, other fee listings. Last post is Monster Market is moving to Hive. Which, okay. Um... Got to keep the people updated, <laughs> and you know we are we have about two and a half minutes left. Uh, I do want to check out the uh, uh, price of deck. It's been kind of kind of interesting the last couple days. Uh, Hive Engine and Brave, or at least my Brave, just do not get along very well. Let's try refreshing, refreshing. There we go. Okay, and I came back a little bit. So we're down to 69 cents per thousand, which is, you know, fairly, fairly low. Um, oh, I almost forgot. I could do deck USD, both. This is Gerbots. Uh, is that command right? Oh, there we go. So uh, when you use both, you can look at both the split steam engine price and the hive engine price, which is, which is pretty handy. Um, looks like... Uh, you know, looks like Steam Engine might be a little bit lower right now. There are periodically arbitra arbitrage opportunities there uh, in Dark Energy Crystals, and the great thing about that is that you can move Dark Energy Crystals from Hive Engine to Game to Steam Engine or the other way, you know, without any fees. So you can you can do a pretty good job of minimizing your your arbitrage expense. Um, but yeah, sixty nine cents per thousand, uh, pretty low. The um, you know, with the lands coming up, uh, pre-sale, we're expecting in, I don't know, three months, something like that. If you want to start building your stack of deck now, uh, now would be a good time since the price is pretty low. It might get lower. We can see that the all-time low there is like 35 cents or so, but um, that is something to keep in mind. But uh, we're about out of time here. Uh, yes, it's a party, Yano Car. Welcome. Uh, this is the very end of the show. And... <laughs> We'll see you uh, next week. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel, all that jazz. And, uh, uh, you know, in the meantime, go out and buy some cards.